1 Samuel chapter 5. Now the Philistines had captured the Ark of God and brought it from Ebenezer to Ashdod. The Philistines took the Ark of God and brought it into the temple of Dagon, where they positioned it beside Dagon. When the residents of Ashdod got up early the next day, Dagon was lying on the ground before the Ark of the Lord. So they took Dagon and set him back in his place. But when they got up early the following day, Dagon was again lying on the ground before the Ark of the Lord. The head of Dagon and his two hands were sheared off and were lying at the threshold. Only Dagon's body was left intact. For this reason, to this very day, neither Dagon's priests nor anyone else who enters Dagon's temple steps on Dagon's threshold in Ashdod. The Lord attacked the residents of Ashdod severely, bringing devastation on them. He struck the people of both Ashdod and the surrounding area with sores. When the people of Ashdod saw what was happening, they said, The ark of the God of Israel should not remain with us, for he has attacked both us and our god Dagon. So they assembled all the leaders of the Philistines and asked, What should we do with the ark of the God of Israel? They replied, The ark of the God of Israel should be moved to Gath. So they moved the ark of the God of Israel. But after it had been moved, the Lord attacked that city as well, causing a great deal of panic. He struck all the people of that city with sores. So they sent the ark of God to Ekron. But when the ark of God arrived at Ekron, the residents of Ekron cried out, saying, They have brought the ark of the God of Israel here to kill our people. So they assembled all the leaders of the Philistines and said, Get the ark of the God of Israel out of here. Let it go back to its own place, so that it won't kill us and our people. The terror of death was throughout the entire city. God was attacking them very severely there. The people who did not die were struck with sores. The city's cry for help went all the way up to heaven. First Samuel chapter 6 When the ark of the Lord had been in the land of the Philistines for seven months, the Philistines called the priests and the omen readers, saying, What should we do with the ark of the Lord? Advise us as to how we should send it back to its place. They replied, If you are going to send the ark of the God of Israel back, don't send it away empty. Be sure to return it with a guilt offering. Then you will be healed, and you will understand why his hand has not been removed from you. They inquired, What is the guilt offering that we should send to him? They replied, The Philistine leaders number five. So send five gold sores and five gold mice, for it is the same plague that has afflicted both you and your leaders. You should make images of the sores and images of the mice that are destroying the land. You should honor the God of Israel. Perhaps he will release his grip on you, your gods and your land. Why harden your hearts like the Egyptians and Pharaoh did? When God treated them harshly, didn't the Egyptians send the Israelites on their way? So now go and make a new cart. Get two cows that have calves and that have never had a yoke placed on them. Harness the cows to the cart and take their calves from them back to their stalls. Then take the ark of the Lord and place it on the cart and put in a chest beside it 
the gold objects you are sending to him as a guilt offering. You should then send it on its way, but keep an eye on it. If it should go up by the way of its own border to Beth Shemesh, then he has brought this great calamity on us. But if that is not the case, then we will know that it was not his hand that struck us. Rather, it just happened to us by accident. So the men did as instructed. They took two cows that had calves and harnessed the cows to a cart. They also removed the calves to their stalls. They put the Ark of the Lord on the cart, along with the chest, the gold mice, and the images of the sores. Then the cows went directly on the road to Beth Shemesh. They went along that route, bellowing more and more. They turned neither to the right nor to the left. The leaders of the Philistines were walking along behind them, all the way to the border of Beth Shemesh. Now the residents of Beth Shemesh were harvesting wheat in the valley. When they looked up and saw the ark, they were pleased at the sight. The cart was coming to the field of Joshua, who was from Beth Shemesh. It paused there near a big stone. Then they cut up the wood of the cart and offered the cows as a burnt offering to the Lord. The Levites took down the ark of the Lord and the chest that was with it, which contained the gold objects. They placed them near the big stone. At that time, the people of Beth Shemesh offered burnt offerings and made sacrifices to the Lord. The five leaders of the Philistines watched what was happening and then returned to Ekron on the same day. These are the gold sores that the Philistines brought as a guilt offering to the Lord, one for each of the following cities, Ashdod, Gaza, Ashkelon, Gath, and Ekron. The gold mice corresponded in number to all the Philistine cities of the five leaders, from the fortified cities to hamlet villages to greater Abel. They positioned the Ark of the Lord on a rock until this very day in the field of Joshua, who was from Beth Shemesh. But the Lord struck down some of the people of Beth Shemesh because they had looked into the Ark of the Lord. He struck down 50,070 of them. The people grieved because the Lord had struck the people with a hard blow. The residents of Beth Shemesh asked, Who is able to stand before the Lord, this holy God? To whom will the ark go up from here? So they sent messengers to the residents of Kiriath-Jerim, saying, The Philistines have returned the ark of the Lord. Come down here and take it back home with you. Samuel chapter 7. Then the people of Kiriath-Jerim came and took the ark of the Lord. They brought it to the house of Abinadab, located on the hill. They consecrated Eleazar his son to guard the ark of the Lord. It was quite a long time, some twenty years in all, that the ark stayed at Kiriath-Jerim. All the people of Israel longed for the Lord. Samuel said to all the people of Israel, if you are really turning to the Lord with all your hearts, remove from among you the foreign gods and images of Ashtoreth. Give your hearts to the Lord and serve only him. Then he will deliver you from the hand of the Philistines. So the Israelites removed the Baals and images of Ashtoreth. They served only the Lord. Then Samuel said, Gather all Israel to Mizpah, and I will pray to the Lord on your behalf. 
After they had assembled at Mizpah, they drew water and poured it out before the Lord. They fasted on that day, and they confessed there, We have sinned against the Lord. So Samuel led the people of Israel at Mizpah. When the Philistines heard that the Israelites had gathered at Mizpah, the leaders of the Philistines went up against Israel. When the Israelites heard about this, they were afraid of the Philistines. The Israelites said to Samuel, Keep crying out to the Lord our God, so that he may save us from the hand of the Philistines. So Samuel took a nursing lamb and offered it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. Samuel cried out to the Lord on Israel's behalf, and the Lord answered him. As Samuel was offering burnt offerings, the Philistines approached to do battle with Israel. But on that day, the Lord thundered loudly against the Philistines. He caused them to panic, and they were defeated by Israel. Then the men of Israel left Mizpah and chased the Philistines, striking them down all the way to an area below beth Car. Samuel took a stone and placed it between Mizpah and Shen. He named it Ebenezer, saying, Up to here the Lord has helped us. So the Philistines were defeated. They did not invade Israel again. The hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. The cities that the Philistines had captured from Israel were returned to Israel, from Ekron to Gath. Israel also delivered their territory from the control of the Philistines. There was also peace between Israel and the Amorites. So Samuel led Israel all the days of his life. Year after year, he used to travel the circuit of Bethel, Gilgal, and Mizpah. He used to judge Israel in all these places. Then he would return to Ramah, because his home was there. He also judged Israel there and built an altar to the Lord there. First Samuel chapter 8 In his old age, Samuel appointed his sons as judges over Israel. The name of his firstborn son was Joel, and the name of his second son was Abijah. They were judges in Beersheba, but his sons did not follow his ways. Instead, they made money dishonestly, accepted bribes, and perverted justice. So all the elders of Israel gathered together and approached Samuel at Ramah. They said to him, Look, you are old, and your sons don't follow your ways. So now appoint over us a king to lead us, just like all the other nations have. But this request displeased Samuel, for they said, Give us a king to lead us. So Samuel prayed to the Lord. The Lord said to Samuel, Do everything the people request of you, for it is not you that they have rejected but it is me that they have rejected as their king, just as they have done from the day that I brought them up from Egypt until this very day. They have rejected me and have served other gods. This is what they are also doing to you. So now do as they say, but you must warn them and make them aware of the policies of the king who will rule over them. So Samuel spoke all the Lord's words to the people who were asking him for a king. He said, here are the policies of the king who will rule over you. He will conscript your sons and put them in his chariot forces and in his cavalry. They will run in front of his chariot. He will appoint for himself leaders of thousands 
and leaders of fifties, as well as those who plow his ground, reap his harvest, and make his weapons of war and his chariot equipment. He will take your daughters to be ointment makers, cooks, and bakers. He will take your best fields, vineyards, and olive groves, and give them to his own servants. He will demand a tenth of your seed of the produce of your vineyards, and give it to his administrators and his servants. He will take your male and female servants, as well as your best cattle and your donkeys, and assign them for his own use. He will demand a tenth of your flocks, and you yourselves will be his servants. In that day you will cry out, because of your king, whom you have chosen for yourselves, but the Lord won't answer you in that day. But the people refused to heed Samuel's warning. Instead, they said, No, there will be a king over us. We will be like all the other nations. Our king will judge us and lead us and fight our battles. So Samuel listened to everything the people said and then reported it to the Lord. The Lord said to Samuel, Do as they say and install a king over them. Then Samuel said to the men of Israel, Each of you, go back to his own city. First Samuel chapter 9 There was a Benjaminite man named Kish, son of Abiel, son of Zeror, the son of Bekorath, the son of Aphiah of Benjamin. Kish was a prominent person. He had a son named Saul, a handsome young man. There was no one among the Israelites more handsome than he was. He stood head and shoulders above all the people. The donkeys of Saul's father Kish wandered off, so Kish said to his son Saul, Take one of the servants with you and go look for the donkeys. So Saul crossed through the hill country of Ephraim, passing through the land of Salisha. But they did not find them. So they crossed through the land of Shalem, but they were not there. Then he crossed through the land of Benjamin, and still they did not find them. When they came to the land of Zuph, Saul said to his servant who was with him, Come on, let's head back before my father quits worrying about the donkeys and becomes anxious about us. But the servant said to him, Look, there is a man of God in this town. He is highly respected. Everything that he says really happens. Now let's go there. Perhaps he will tell us where we should go from here. So Saul said to his servant, All right, we can go. But what can we bring the man, since the food in our bags is used up? We have no gift to take to the man of God. What do we have? The servant went on to answer Saul, Look, I happened to have in my hand a quarter shekel of silver. I will give it to the man of God, and he will tell us where we should go. Now it used to be in Israel that whenever someone went to inquire of God, he would say, Come on, let's go to the seer. For today's prophet used to be called a seer. So Saul said to his servant, That's a good idea. Come on, let's go. So they went to the town where the man of God was. As they were going up the ascent to the town, they met some girls coming out to draw water. They said to them, Is this where the seer is? They replied, Yes, straight ahead. But hurry now, for he came to the town today, and the people are making a sacrifice at the high place. When you enter the town, you can find him before he goes up to the high place to eat. 
the people won't eat until he arrives, for he must bless the sacrifice. Once that happens, those who have been invited will eat. Now go on up, for this is the time when you can find him. So they went up to the town. As they were heading for the middle of the town, Samuel was coming in their direction to go up to the high place. Now the day before Saul arrived, the Lord had told Samuel, At this time tomorrow I will send to you a man from the land of Benjamin. You must consecrate him as a leader over my people Israel. He will save my people from the hand of the Philistines, for I have looked with favor on my people. Their cry has reached me. When Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said, Here is the man that I told you about. He will rule over my people. As Saul approached Samuel in the middle of the gate, he said, Please tell me where the seer's house is. Samuel replied to Saul, I am the seer. Go up in front of me to the high place. Today you will eat with me, and in the morning I will send you away. I will tell you everything that you are thinking. Don't be concerned about the donkeys that you lost three days ago, for they have been found. Whom does all Israel desire? Is it not you and all your father's family? Saul replied, Am I not a Benjaminite from the smallest of Israel's tribes? And is not my family clan the smallest of all the clans in the tribe of Benjamin? Why do you speak to me in this way? Then Samuel brought Saul and his servant into the room and gave them a place at the head of those who had been invited. There were about thirty people present. Samuel said to the cook, Give me the portion of meat that I gave to you, the one I ask you to keep with you. So the cook picked up the leg and brought it and set it in front of Saul. Samuel said, What was kept is now set before you. Eat, for it has been kept for you for this meeting time. From the time I said, I have invited the people. So Saul ate with Samuel that day. When they came down from the high place to the town, Samuel spoke with Saul on the roof. They got up at dawn, and Samuel called to Saul on the roof, Get up, so I can send you on your way. So Saul got up, and the two of them, he and Samuel, went outside. While they were going down to the edge of town, Samuel said to Saul, Tell the servant to go on ahead of us. So he did. Samuel then said, You remain here a while, so I can inform you of God's message. First Samuel chapter 10 Then Samuel took a small container of olive oil and poured it on Saul's head. Samuel kissed him and said, The Lord has chosen you to lead his people Israel. You will rule over the Lord's people, and you will deliver them from the power of the enemies who surround them. This will be your sign that the Lord has chosen you as leader over his inheritance. When you leave me today, you will find two men near Rachel's tomb at Zelzah, on Benjamin's border. They will say to you, The donkeys you have gone looking for have been found. Your father is no longer concerned about the donkeys, but has become anxious about you two. He is asking, What should I do about my son? As you continue on from there, 
you will come to the tall tree of Tabor. At that point, three men who are going up to God at Bethel will meet you. One of them will be carrying three young goats, one of them will be carrying three round loaves of bread, and one of them will be carrying a container of wine. They will ask you how you're doing, and will give you two loaves of bread. You will accept them. Afterward, you will go to Gibeah of God, where there are Philistine officials. When you enter the town, you will meet a company of prophets coming down from the high place. They will have harps, tambourines, flutes, and lyres, and they will be prophesying. Then the Spirit of the Lord will rush upon you, and you will prophesy with them. You will be changed into a different person. When these signs have taken place, do whatever your hand finds to do, for God will be with you. You will go down to Gilgal before me. I am going to join you there to offer burnt offerings and to make peace offerings. You should wait for seven days until I arrive and tell you what to do. As Saul turned to leave Samuel, God changed his inmost person. All these signs happened on that very day, when Saul and his servant arrived at Gibeah, a company of prophets was coming out to meet him. Then the Spirit of God rushed upon Saul, and he prophesied among them. When everyone who had known him previously saw him prophesying with the prophets, the people asked one another, What on earth has happened to the son of Kish? Does even Saul belong with the prophets? A man who was there replied, And who is their father? Therefore this became a proverb. Is even Saul among the prophets? When Saul had finished prophesying, he went to the high place. Saul's uncle asked him and his servant, Where did you go? Saul replied, To look for the donkeys. But when we realized they were lost, we went to Samuel. Saul's uncle said, Tell me what Samuel said to you. Saul said to his uncle, He assured us that the donkeys had been found. But Saul did not tell him what Samuel had said about the matter of kingship. Then Samuel called the people together before the Lord at Mizpah. He said to the Israelites, This is what the Lord God of Israel has said. I brought Israel up from Egypt, and I delivered you from the power of the Egyptians and from the power of all the kingdoms that oppressed you. But today you have rejected your God, who saves you from all your trouble and distress. You have said, No, appoint a king over us. Now take your positions before the Lord, by your tribes and by your clans. Then Samuel brought all the tribes of Israel near, and the tribe of Benjamin was chosen by Lot. Then he brought the tribe of Benjamin near by its families, and the family of Matri was chosen by Lot. At last Saul, son of Kish, was chosen by Lot. But when they looked for him, he was nowhere to be found. So they inquired again of the Lord, Has the man arrived here yet? The Lord said, He has hidden himself among the equipment. So they ran and brought him from there. When he took his position among the people, he stood head and shoulders above them all. Then Samuel said to all the people, Do you see the one whom the Lord has chosen? Indeed, 
There is no one like him among all the people. All the people shouted out, Long live the king! Then Samuel talked to the people about how the kingship would work. He wrote it all down on a scroll and set it before the Lord. Then Samuel sent all the people away to their homes. Even Saul went to his home in Gibeah. With him went some brave men whose hearts God had touched. But some wicked men said, How can this man save us? They despised him and did not even bring him a gift. But Saul said nothing about it. First Samuel chapter 11 Nahash the Ammonite marched against Jabesh-Gilead. All the men of Jabesh-Gilead said to Nahash, Make a treaty with us, and we will serve you. But Nahash the Ammonite said to them, The only way I will make a treaty with you is if you let me gouge out the right eye of every one of you, and in so doing humiliate all Israel. The elders of Jabesh said to him, Leave us alone for seven days, so that we can send messengers throughout the territory of Israel. If there is no one who can deliver us, we will come out voluntarily to you. When the messengers went to Gibeah, where Saul lived, and informed the people of these matters, all the people wept loudly. Now Saul was walking behind the oxen as he came from the field. Saul asked, What has happened to the people? Why are they weeping? So they told him about the men of Jabesh. The Spirit of God rushed upon Saul when he heard these words. And he became very angry. He took a pair of oxen and cut them up. Then he sent the pieces throughout the territory of Israel by the hand of messengers, who said, Whoever does not go out after Saul and after Samuel should expect this to be done to his oxen. Then the terror of the Lord fell on the people, and they went out as one army. When Saul counted them at Bezek, the Israelites were three hundred thousand strong, and the men of Judah numbered thirty thousand. They said to the messengers who had come, Here is what you should say to the men of Jabesh-Gilead. Tomorrow deliverance will come to you when the sun is fully up. When the messengers went and told the men of Jabesh-Gilead, they were happy. The men of Jabesh said, Tomorrow we will come out to you, and you can do with us whatever you wish. The next day, Saul placed the people in three groups. They went to the Ammonite camp during the morning watch and struck them down until the hottest part of the day. The survivors scattered. No two of them remained together. Then the people said to Samuel, Who were the ones asking, Will Saul reign over us? Hand over those men so we may execute them. But Saul said, No one will be killed on this day, for today... The Lord has given Israel a victory. Samuel said to the people, Come on, let's go to Gilgal and renew the kingship there. So all the people went to Gilgal, where they established Saul as king in the Lord's presence. They offered up peace offerings there in the Lord's presence. Saul and all the Israelites were very happy. First Samuel chapter 12. Samuel said to all Israel, I have done everything you requested. I have given you a king. Now look, this king walks before you. As for me, I am old and gray, and my sons are here with you. 
I have walked before you from the time of my youth till the present day. Here I am. Bring a charge against me before the Lord and before his chosen king. Whose ox have I taken? Whose donkey have I taken? Whom have I wronged? Whom have I oppressed? From whose hand have I taken a bribe so that I would overlook something? Tell me, and I will return it to you. They replied, You have not wronged us or oppressed us. You have not taken anything from the hand of anyone. He said to them, The Lord is witness against you, and his chosen king is witness this day, that you have not found any reason to accuse me. They said, He is witness. Samuel said to the people, The Lord is the one who chose Moses and Aaron, and who brought your ancestors up from the land of Egypt. Now take your positions, so I may confront you before the Lord regarding all the Lord's just actions toward you and your ancestors. When Jacob entered Egypt, your ancestors cried out to the Lord. The Lord sent Moses and Aaron, and they led your ancestors out of Egypt and settled them in this place. But they forgot the Lord their God. So he gave them into the hand of Sisera, the general in command of Hatzor's army, and into the hands of the Philistines and the king of Moab, and they fought against them. Then they cried out to the Lord and admitted, We have sinned, for we have forsaken the Lord and have served the Baals and the images of Ashtoreth. Now deliver us from the hands of our enemies so that we may serve you. So the Lord sent Jerub, Baal, Barak, Jephthah, and Samuel, and he delivered you from the hands of your enemies all around you, and you were able to live securely. When you saw that King Nahash of the Ammonites was advancing against you, you said to me, No, a king will rule over us, even though the Lord your God is your king. Now look, here is the king you have chosen, the one that you asked for. Look, the Lord has given you a king. If you fear the Lord, serving him and obeying him and not rebelling against what he says, and if both you and the king who rules over you follow the Lord your God, all will be well. But if you don't obey the Lord and rebel against what the Lord says, the hand of the Lord will be against both you and your king. So now, take your positions And watch this great thing that the Lord is about to do in your sight. Is this not the time of the wheat harvest? I will call on the Lord, so that he makes it thunder and rain. Realize, and see what a great sin you have committed before the Lord, by asking for a king for yourselves. So Samuel called to the Lord, and the Lord made it thunder and rain that day. All the people were very afraid of both the Lord and Samuel. All the people said to Samuel, Pray to the Lord your God on behalf of us, your servants, so we won't die, for we have added to all our sins by asking for a king. Then Samuel said to the people, Don't be afraid. You have indeed sinned. However, don't turn aside from the Lord. Serve the Lord with all your heart. You should not turn aside after empty things that can't profit and can't deliver since they are empty. The Lord will not abandon his people because he wants to uphold his great reputation. The Lord was pleased to make you his own people. 
As far as I am concerned, far be it from me to sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you. I will instruct you in the way that is good and upright. However, fear the Lord and serve Him faithfully with all your heart. Just look at the great things He has done for you. But if you continue to do evil, both you and your king will be swept away. First Samuel chapter 13 Saul was thirty years old when he began to reign. He ruled over Israel for forty years. Saul selected for himself three thousand men of Israel. Of these, two thousand were with Saul at Michmash and in the hill country of Bethel. The remaining one thousand were with Jonathan at Gibeah in the territory of Benjamin. He sent all the rest of the people back home. Jonathan attacked the Philistine outpost that was at Geba and the Philistines heard about it. Then Saul alerted all the land, saying, Let the Hebrews pay attention. All Israel heard this message. Saul has attacked the Philistine outpost, and now Israel is repulsive to the Philistines. So the people were summoned to join Saul at Gilgal. Meanwhile, the Philistines gathered to battle with Israel. Then they went up against Israel with 3,000 chariots, 6,000 horsemen, and an army as numerous as the sand of the seashore. They went up and camped at Michmash, east of Beth-Avon. The men of Israel realized they had a problem because their army was hard-pressed. So the army hid in caves, thickets, cliffs, strongholds, and cisterns. Some of the Hebrews crossed over the Jordan River to the land of Gad and Gilead. But Saul stayed at Gilgal. The entire army that was with him was terrified. He waited for seven days, the time period indicated by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and the army began to abandon Saul. So Saul said, Bring me the burnt offering and peace offerings. Then he offered a burnt offering. Just when he had finished offering the burnt offering, Samuel appeared on the scene. Saul went out to meet him and to greet him. But Samuel said, What have you done? Saul replied, when I saw that the army had started to abandon me, and that you didn't come at the appointed time, and that the Philistines had assembled at Michmash, I thought, Now the Philistines will come down on me at Gilgal, and I have not sought the Lord's favor. So I felt obligated to offer the burnt offering. Then Samuel said to Saul, You have made a foolish choice. You have not obeyed the commandment that the Lord your God gave you. Had you done that, the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever, but now your kingdom will not continue. The Lord has sought out for himself a man who is loyal to him, and the Lord has appointed him to be leader over his people, for you have not obeyed what the Lord commanded you. Then Samuel set out and went up from Gilgal to Gibeah in the territory of Benjamin. Saul mustered the army that remained with him, there were about six hundred men. Saul, his son Jonathan, and the army that remained with them stayed in Gibeah, in the territory of Benjamin, while the Philistines camped at Michmash. Raiding bands went out from the camp of the Philistines in three groups. One band turned toward the road leading to Ophrah by the land of Shual. Another band turned toward the road leading to Beth Horon. And yet another band turned toward the road leading to the border 
that overlooks the Valley of Zeboim in the direction of the desert. A blacksmith could not be found in all the land of Israel, for the Philistines had said, This will prevent the Hebrews from making swords and spears. So all Israel had to go down to the Philistines in order to get their plowshares, cutting instruments, axes, and sickles sharpened. They charged two-thirds of a shekel to sharpen plowshares and cutting instruments, and one-third of a shekel to sharpen picks and axes, and to set ox goads. So on the day of the battle, no sword or spear was to be found in the hand of anyone in the army that was with Saul and Jonathan. No one but Saul and his son Jonathan had them. A garrison of the Philistines had gone out to the pass at Michmash.